Hello there. Well, Hello. Thank you for joining. Everyone in the chat, thank you for joining. It's fantastic to have you all here. Another Thursday evening chat. And uh, today it is Sandeep Power, who has a fantastic Power BI <laughs> First time I saw the Twitter, it was like Power BI. That is awesome. I love it. Um, so do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah. I'll get the ball rolling. Yeah, so I'm Sandeep, a.k.a. Power BI, <laughs> um, as they call me. Um, but uh, yeah, so I am a uh, data analytics person, as you can call me. Um, I currently work at Humana in the US. Uh, it's an insurance company. I work as a senior data visualization engineer. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I so I got into data, data analytics about what, five, six years ago. My background is in mechanical engineering. Um, I did my master's in mechanical engineering. Uh, I was a researcher doing computational modeling and stuff, uh, computational fluid dynamics, heat transfer, thermodynamics. So always worked with data, so which means working with uh, lots of lab data, experimental data, a lot of computational data, uh, and using statistics on it. Mm. Uh, and about uh, I was going to be, uh, uh, I wanted to be uh, an engineering manager. So I got into engineering management to mm -hmm. do my second master's in engineering management and um, got interested into data analytics. Very so cool. So here I am. Yeah. So, yeah. So a uh, mechanical engineer who got into um analytics i like it right you are very very qualified for lots of different things <laughs> my god this is an impressive array of things that you just mentioned there and i'm interested you said that your um what did you say your job title was your senior visualization so I'm a engineer. Senior data visualization engineer okay quite a mouthful um now the, the the title itself might suggest that i only do data visualization uh which is i guess it's a part of the job Mm. Uh, but it includes anything and everything that relates to data. Yeah. So, which means working on the data models, uh, working on data governance projects, working mm. um, with business leaders on anything that's related to uh, data, machine learning, statistics, yeah. anything that's related to data. So, title doesn't really. You know. The reason I mentioned that is because I've seen a, a few conversations every now and then about job titles for people who work in business intelligence or, mm -hmm. or data visualization and it's yeah. like like what are we are you like are you developers it's like no developers is that a correct word and then your job title is actually is interesting because it does cover i mean a visualization engineer sounds quite cool but you're quite right it can also be okay is it just visualization and how do you visualize how do you visual uh, engineer visualization but the yeah. fact i mean of course it goes so much deeper than that um it's interesting like this it seems to me that hasn't that isn't like an an industry agreed upon terminology for <laughs> business intelligence you know no and you know that really bugs me um mm. in a lot of ways because you know right now you have like a separation of uh business analytics data analytics data analyst uh, data visualization engineer and then mm. you have a data scientist and now you have a machine learning engineer mm -hmm. a data engineer a data architect and all these people with you know they have different expertise uh, mm. that do all these different things just to create a business solution um and 
when I talk to somebody, they say, okay, who are you? A data visualization engineer. And the first thing that comes to their mind is maybe like using D3, right? Or you using Java or something mm-hmm. to create uh, all these cool different data visualizations, uh, which I don't really do. Uh, I would yeah. like to. The, 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 the most I can do is Deneb, using Deneb. But <laughs> anything more than that, um, I don't really delve uh, into that uh, uh, much yeah. uh, but i wish you know to your point it, it really bugs me um that we have all these different titles uh yeah. to a large extent uh, because um i in my own work i i you know i uh, i use statistics i use machine learning i use data analytics um which means anything that requires you to solve a business challenge using data mm-hmm. should be do that right yeah yeah. Yeah, no i mean it's it might not be the most important thing if you talk about job titles and stuff but it is a i think sometimes it it does matter more than we don't more than we like to admit and it might just be a perception of a role but uh, i of course really enjoy the visualization part. I mean, we can talk about Deneb for 45 minutes, so <laughs> we, we can do a double session all about Deneb if you want. This is fine by me. Um, but people like to kind of be understood on what they do, you know? So it's like, okay, do you, are you just, you know, are you the person who takes all the data from the team and puts pretty pictures on top of it? Um, mm-hmm. But you're right, when it comes to, I mean, I there's a large amount of things that you mentioned that I don't get involved in, but still like, being involved with ETLs and taking data from different sources and cleaning and all feeding data into data warehouses. This is something that really doesn't seem to be covered covered by what people think about when they think of um, of Power BI. And certainly when I first started yeah. using the tool, I was thinking, okay, I am literally going to take data and visualize it and make it look cool. And the further you get, it's, um, it becomes deeper and, and, and more complex. Um, yeah, but I think- with respect to Power BI, I think you know data visualization is probably one of the last thing that comes to mind when you talk about Power BI. <laughs> to be honest, it's mostly about that. If you speak to someone who just like just sees, if you just if, who just like reads reports, they have yeah. the concept is just like for example, if someone in 2017, early 2017, if someone asked you the question, "What is Power BI?", it would be a much easier question to answer than it is now. Because oh, of all, yeah, for sure. You know? Like a ton of things from different uh, people. Um, I, I think I just read it like yesterday, or who was it? Oh, I think it was uh, Jeff. Um, he was talking about a um, some um, podcast where you can really see that, uh, you know, you can, you can have one person that's dedicated to working on one aspect of Power BI, right? You might mm-hmm. have a data modeler, you might have a tax expert, you might have a you know, person who creates data visualizations and one person who's really, uh, you know, interested in maybe monitoring the capacities and things like that. Yeah. So in, in that regard, I think Power BI is really interesting too. You have yeah. so many things going on and you have to wear so many different hacks. And, yeah. I, I really appreciate it because there were, I mean, the first few that I saw were Power Query and Deneb. Okay, all right. Okay, this is this is the sort of stuff that I can get involved with. I like this a lot. So um this seems to be, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Please correct me uh, if I'm wrong at length. Um, but this is kind of a lot of your focus, this is what you enjoy with, with uh, the more the, the the transformation, the power query, the M type of thing. That's more your area or more you're more comfortable doing. 
Um, I yeah, I enjoy that part. Um, I mostly enjoy the advanced analytics part, so which means blending uh, Power BI um, mm. and machine learning okay. and statistics. Uh, so those aspects a uh, lot more. Um, because it, it might just be me, but what happens is when I start using Power BI, so my ultimate result that I you know give to uh, my business users is in Power BI. But as soon as I open Power BI, um, I kind of get blindsided by, okay, I need to get my data model ready. I need to create my DAPs. I need to uh, you know, think about accessibility. I need to do this, that, that. That I kind of, uh, you know, not think about the data exploration part and the data advanced data analytics part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I use a lot of uh, Python in my work. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then I use machine learning and data science to understand the data a lot more. I enjoy okay. that part a lot, um, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, sounds cool. Python, I've got. Okay, I, I, every time someone mentions Python, I kind of laugh a bit to myself, but also I cringe at the same time because it, <laughs> it got this really, really strong memory of one of my most embarrassing interview moments of all time, mm -hmm. and I've just been learning a a bit about Python. I mean a bit, I mean like a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. And I I was going to, I forget it was a long time ago. I was going to mention it in, in, in if you were going to bring it up and someone asked me a question and I wanted to say it. And I was a bit nervous. It was an interview. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel too comfortable. I hadn't really done many interviews with technical stuff back then. And instead of saying Python, I just said snake. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was like some kind of game on a Nokia phone or something. I was mortified, and there's no coming back from that. Truly, there's no, there's no, there's no way you can come back from that. So it's kind of yeah, I'm just gonna leave now because like yeah, and and Python has that. So you have in Python, you have Python. There is koalas, uh, mm. the Python library. There is pandas, of course. Yeah, the pandas. <laughs> so, is very yeah, good, so yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> One yeah. of those animals. <laughs> Just something from the animal kingdom somehow. That that's what I was talking about. <laughs> oh man, it was pretty bad. Um, machining learning though, this is pretty pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Does it upset you when people get confused between machine learning and AI? Because this is a fantastic thing to do. I love when people say AI when the machine is um, talking about machine learning. It's always good fun. What um, did I get the job? I I didn't. Sorry, going back. I did not get the job. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of, of not getting the job is it was it, no, no, that's, that's getting the job but I just I very didn't get the job is what I'm trying to say it was it was just terrible it really you, was. you were blacklisted from yeah interviewing. <laughs> that's maybe, maybe I, I I'm surprised I got any other job ever after that moment so it's like it's one of those learning things where you kind of learn to stay in your area do you know what I mean it's like just because you don't like a two-hour course in it doesn't mean you have to talk about it. It's like, yeah. wait until you can be more fluent about it. And um, actually that day never came. So yeah. this is why I mentioned uh, Python, AKA snake for the rest of my uh, professional career thus far. Good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, machine learning, so how, how, how do you get involved in that? Um, go into a bit of that. Uh... Tell me, tell me. Um, what's so, like, like I said, uh, my background was in computational modeling. So, I always yeah. use statistics. So I used to use uh, Jump, if you're familiar with that. It's a statistical package by SAS. Okay. Um, and back when, when I 
I used to do research, uh, use a lot of uh, regression techniques, um, mm. even the neural network techniques, uh, which, you know, at that point, it, it, it wasn't even called machine learning. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then I helped uh, in my company, being a mechanical engineer and having some statistical background, I helped uh, in our production team as well on some of the statistical process control aspects uh, of things. Mm. Um, so I've, I've always had that background. Um, and the way I got into data analytics was really because I overheard somebody in my company uh, that they had some warranty issues. And I was like, okay, um, and it, it, different domain from what I'm trying to do, but same application. The mm -hmm. methods and methodologies would be exactly uh, the same. It was about um, applying some uh, statistics to figure out if the products are uh, within the tolerance limits or not. Um, so I did that and I found that very interesting. Um, and that's how I got started into data analytics. Uh, back then it was Power View. Uh, Power BI, I think, wasn't there. It was Power View. Yeah. I showed it in Power View. Uh, and it kind of picked on from there. And uh, I did not have that data base or uh, you know, the data background really uh, mm. that you typically have that in you know, a SQL server, I don't know what is a SQL server and how do you, you know, do these SQL things and all that kind of, so I had to learn that. Uh, but what I had was that statistical background. So whenever I worked on a project, I always mm. thought about, okay, how do you uh, look at variations, variability, uncertainties, um, and go beyond just the aggregations and the averages uh, and the means and, and things like that. Um, and even to my projects right now that I, I work on, <clears throat> I try to blend the two together. So it mm. may not be completely predictive. So when you think about or somebody talks about uh, AI or machine learning, you, you kind of think about churn modeling that, hey, is this customer going to buy something or not? Or uh, is this going to be a fraud or not? Um, but one layer below that, is things like you know understanding patterns in your data, okay. uh, understanding are there any different segments within your data? You have ton of data, mm -hmm. so are there things that are structural to the data? Um, so a good example would be a forecast. If you do a forecast in Power BI, for example, or in Excel, you create that forecast line, right? Um, but going beyond that, if you create that forecast, what are the uncertainties in those forecasts? Can your business users really rely on those? Yeah. Uh, and you know things of that kind that really interest me. Um, and Alex, in fact, Alex Powers, he once mentioned to me that hey, you everybody is trying trying to go go from a BI to AI. You're probably the only person who is going from AI to BI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting um, yeah so yeah. it's um yeah i mean this is a point i was going to make as well it's a, it's a transition that i don't think i've heard before in yeah. the bi and it's a i mean obviously i have no context from what i'm about to say but i would if you talk about like mechanical engineering someone who's working with machine learning and then ai switching over to bi where you kind of as you mentioned you're starting from an area where you didn't know some of the things that you then had to learn it's an interesting decision to take it's an interesting step did it feel like you was like starting from well not zero but starting yeah. from i don't know like 50 from 100 if you will 
yeah uh, it did kind of it was kind of like that but initially it was more like power bi uh, you know with power bi the learning curve is like you go from 0 to 60 like within a matter of few days right mm-hmm. and then after that that's when really takes a lot of time and effort to learn it and really master it and be an expert at it so i was on that curve and i think the the really this uh the you know what really helped me was uh, i think it was 2018 or 2019 i was at power bi conference in chicago and alex was also there and a lot right. of other folks from power bi community were there who i didn't know at that time but now we know from twitter and all social media um, a lot of folks uh, were there and uh, it was an eye opener for me that hey power bi is you know like really beyond all of these different things and Alex introduced me uh, to M and Power Query uh, and he's been my cheerleader since then <laughs> um, yeah uh, but uh, yes and you know that, so it was uh, that helped me a lot and obviously okay. you know Power BI community has been uh, yeah i mean i think most people have been so much helped by the Power BI community i just want to draw uh, bring attention one comment and uh, mm-hmm. this back then power query was called get and transform <laughs> is that i did not know that i've never encountered yeah, yeah, yeah. it i knew it get and transform yeah get and transform this is a ridiculous name and of course and i like power view and i've never don't think i've ever had a conversation about the old names for for power query i never knew that and it's interesting because one of these random things that frustrates me is that i think still now in uh, in microsoft you go to the um, the microsoft store uh-huh. if you want to install an app it's not install it's not download it's get get yeah why get why? i drives me nuts <laughs> so the fact that poker used to be called get and transform is cool funny yeah. and makes sense that there's some there's some strange focus within microsoft on the word get there must be yeah. some logic behind it but it must be must be yeah some yeah how often do you do you install something on on your on any device and say oh, i want to click on get Yeah. <laughs> this is I know this yeah. is a really small thing but it's one of these things that just I just look at it and think why 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 does this exist? Get and I'm sure they will point to some sort of an AB test, right? That they do. That if you do a get maybe there you get a slight 0.5% increase in installation and that's where you know those fuzzy things the data science part comes in we did it with data science we did it yeah. yeah it's it's too intelligent for the likes of me i can't <laughs> I, i can't understand that thing this is a good point it's a good thing it's not called git ban true i have issues <laughs> yes. yeah. git yeah. uh my lord um the free special stuff so uh yeah sorry back to you um i'm me going off on a random tangent about the word get there this is uh the way it goes on these sort of chats have you ever because i was really getting reading your blog and more more personal stuff about you well very personal stuff but you know about you as a person rather than your mm-hmm. professional side sports cricket you're a cricket fan oh yes big and um, i don't think i've maybe had a cricket fan on before but never talked about it really i'm english mm-hmm. i like a bit of cricket myself i'm not i'm not some so i work with with a, with a guy who is basically a, a cricket encyclopedia and he can just like <laughs> rattle off the stats but the thing is i love working with sports data you know like connecting the sources and um cricket is basically just a game full of stats i mean there's oh, yes. so yeah. many have you ever thought about going in that direction and uh... i have yeah i have and you know just like even anybody else i have done of side projects that i have always wanted to 
mm. work on but you never get to it's uh, it's one of those things yeah um, i started quite a few things um, on it but never really uh, got into anything but that that would be really awesome it would um, be very cool yeah i mean i i so i, I was born and brought up in india so that's why okay. cricket uh, i came to us in 2006 okay um yeah so haven't really had uh, you know much obviously any opportunity to watch cricket since then um, but I've always followed cricket. Mm. Uh, Sachin, Sachin Tendulkar. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of uh, of him. And of uh, maybe other than two of us, uh, I don't know if anybody else knows him. Uh, One or two, I'm sure. From that India is Just here. Aussies in here, maybe a couple from New Zealand. That kind of yeah. in this direction yeah. as well, maybe. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I used to hate cricket as a kid. Um, really. I don't know why. There's something I just. I would go at the matches and it, obviously as you know you know they were quite long mm-hmm. and it just drive me crazy and my, my brother loved it and back in the 90s i used to really enjoy really just annoying my brother by saying that mike athen was garbage he just even <laughs> my, my brother was loved mike athen i'm not sure what it's about and i just kept saying all the time that now he's rubbish it, which is that so that's my my first memories of cricket and i didn't really get into it until i was like probably actually I can tell you when I really started enjoying, and I think a lot of English people my age could say the same. There was, uh, was probably around about, I, mean, I can't remember the year. I really can't. Probably around about two thousand seven ish, maybe, when there was a, a series England probably Australia, and anyway, the, forget the series. It was a long time ago. I was in my early twenties, and um, I was really hungover. And me and my friend went to, well, a couple of friends went to spend all day, like, watching sport in this bar and kind of recovering from our hangovers. And we watched football on one screen and cricket on another screen. And it was so cool. It was just an amazing day. And from that moment on, um, cricket. This yep. was, uh, <laughs> and then two th- when I went to Australia, I managed to get tickets for the um, the, the Boxing Day test, the Ashes. Yeah. yeah. And we bowl out Australia for like '97 or something. Good times. Oh, cool. Yes, good times. But you know what? I think if we talk about cricket too much, we're going to lose the audience because most people are like, "What?" Is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we might need another session for that. <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a niche sport. Um, but going back, well, yeah, I mean, the, in India, obviously, or in the subcontinent, not so much, right? It's it's yes. light over there. When I say niche sport, that's probably probably badly put. I mean, there are so many countries who don't play it, but the cricket, the, the countries who do play it, love it. And the ones who don't play it are just like are so clueless about what the hell is going on. It's really strange to have to explain that sort of thing. Uh, my, my wife's Italian, and she didn't even uh, she she'd never really um, also heard of snooker, which I found interesting. I didn't know what was going on there. Um, what a second. And also this, by the way. Oh, right of me. Right of me. There you go. Um, ex-colleague of mine. Yes. Power BI and fantasy football in the office. This is a big passion of mine. I yeah. still have a, a, a fantasy football report that I use to play with my, my terrible fantasy football team. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm very bad at fantasy football because I'm, I'm far too focused on getting the data and creating a report than actually yeah. improving my team. Um, and that's when I pull all the, um, the data from the, um, from the API and some before in the chat said, when we're talking about get and all that sort of stuff that perhaps someone from the API team had too much, um, yeah, too much influence 
on the naming. There you go. That's actually Maybe a good point. I never thought yeah. about that, James. That is a really, really good point. So perhaps <laughs> it's all about the API, and that's where where, where the where the get comes from. Yeah. Anyway, circling back from cricket to something more related to uh, to power. Sorry about that. And let's go. But I did a Deneb because I'm curious about that. There's, um, mm -hmm. there's a, I'm really I'm really enjoying the growing Deneb community within um, within the Power BI. How did you how did you first stumble across that? I'm curious. So actually, I use Deneb uh, slightly differently. Um, and I've mm -hmm. blogged and uh, done a couple of videos on that too. So I when I'm using Python, I use Altair. Uh, the, it's a visualization library in Python, mm. which is based on Vega Live. Okay. Um, and when I'm doing my doing my exploratory data analysis, I create these visuals that mm. I have in mind. Okay, this is how I want it. I want to look mm. at it. And the cool thing about Deneb is that once I create it in Python, there I can just generate the Vega script from there, the JSON script from there, and then import that into Deneb. And then mm. make some changes. You do have to make some changes because there are some compatibility issues and things like that. Right. But also, I can use that over there, and it's been uh, it's been awesome. I mean, uh, it really. Am I frozen? No, you're frozen. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Are you still there? Someone's frozen. I wanted to keep talking. Um, what we're we talking about, we we're talking about Deneb, and uh, yes, so basically, from my side, I had not heard of Deneb. I don't think when I did my my first chat, which is what I did it with um, Kerry Colosco, I probably had heard of Deneb a little bit. You can see him, he's <laughs> yeah, very likely it's okay, we've dealt with these situations before. I'm gonna switch them off and back on again. See see if that helps. No, it's not gonna help. We'll see. I'll open my Twitter. Maybe it'll message me. Sandy. <laughs> uh, maybe that is always a possibility in my house. I'll have my son was waking up before, but no, no. I think he's he's gone completely now. So I want to keep talking about Deneb a little bit um, because I was saying that I had not. Uh, Heard of Deneb, or maybe had, I can't remember, but very, very little. And that was back in uh, in October. So that was when I first got into Deneb. And since then, basically, it's all I've focused on within, um, yeah, within uh, Power BI. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, does anyone want to join me for a few minutes just in case um, Sandeep uh, can't come back? Uh, if you do, let me know. I'll send you a quick link. And then we can get going. This should be fine. I love when this sort of thing happens. Trying to think and act on my toes. Yes, you go, Daniel. You're gonna help me out here. I was talking about Deneb anyway. Always send him a link on Twitter. Get the end, mate. And maybe, maybe someone will be joining me again in a few minutes. And uh, that would be fantastic because uh, I, I'm not gonna sit here on my own for talk. Oh, wait, 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 one second, is Sandy back again? I'm not sure. <laughs> His name's there, but he's going off and on again. Uh, Daniel just joined anyway, that would be awesome. And um, yeah, put a t-shirt on and uh, we'll start talking about something, maybe cricket if you want, I'm not sure. 
One second, see if I can get Stunty by that again. Stunty, are you there, mate? Sandeep's there. Albert can't hear you though. I can't hear you anyway. Can someone? Hello, hello. One second. There you go. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. I guess you don't need me now. I can't hear Sandeep though. I can't anyway. No, I can't hear him either. But I'll be very happy if he becomes hearable to just skulk away. That's that's no. I I remember we've done this before. Um, you want my uh, go to backups? I want to take him off the screen because yeah. Okay, otherwise it um, get, get, get strange. It's, anyway, it's been hard to get out of bed because the time difference now. So this is this is a rare morning where I drag myself out of bed. Um, I was quite excited to see Sandy. Yeah, I'm and sorry. I have when these things happen, I'm going to make a list of the people who I can just invite, invite back on to get the time back. Um, this, it happened with Megan uh, a few weeks ago, and you, and you were kind enough to, to jump in there as well. You got, you've got a new background. It looks awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. These are some nano leaf lights I just, I've been meaning to put up for a while, and a bookshelf that I built for fun. Wow. I'm very impressed. Anyway, talk. Uh, some acacia that I found. Some anyway, what, sorry? Some acacia, type of wood. Ah, okay. Oh man, I've just revealed my ignorance about woodwork. With that, so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, mate, we were talking about Deneb, so that's what we can keep doing that now if, it, if if it's okay. I had a question for you actually. I was gonna um, ask you about. Um, I'm gonna send you a, a, a private message about this. Maybe you can just clarify it over the over a live stream if that's okay. Let's do it public message. Yeah, why not? Talking about so if someone had a question about the limitations of Deneb, and I remember you did a, a stream once and you were talking about the number of data points and the maximum number of data points. Is there a restriction there or not? Because I, I really couldn't remember. <clears throat> yeah, so custom visuals have got a def well, they've got a default cap of a thousand rows if we don't specify anything. Um, we can go up to 30,000. Okay. Um, Deneb's a bit of a tricky one because you can, with a bit of effort, write code to pull more rows from the data set, but mm -hmm. it's expensive because it's all, it gets pushed back to Power BI. So with Deneb, we, we put a 10,000 row limit by default on visuals, okay. but there's a, there's a menu, it's on the documentation site, there's a menu that allows you to, as uh, a property in there that says uh, remove data limit. So what it'll then do is if you've got more than 10,000 rows, it will try and load more rows from the model in mm. batches of 10,000. Okay. You've got to think though, that's limited by what Power BI decides to give you anyway. Mm. So, and, and it's not very performant because, um, you know, if you've got a really, really tall fact table, the, the DAX that Power BI uses, it uses a whole bunch of top ends and mm. changes the, 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 the window. So um, it can be quite um, a lengthy job to get that data into the visual. Once once it gets in, Vega's really fast at rendering tens of thousands of rows, no problem. Mm -hmm. The other thing you got to think about is if, if you've got a mark for each one of those data points, uh, it's like having visuals on a page. The more you add, the slower things get. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's a balancing act. So there's things we do in Deneb as well where you can change the renderer from SVG to canvas, which is like a, an image. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. Um, but you still get the attractivity, which is one of the really mm. cool things about Vega. The big difference mm. between R and Python and, and, and the Vega languages is their canvas renderer. Um, it, it's a bit fuzzier. It doesn't scale like SVG yeah. does. Yeah. But it's, um, it's really, really, um, you get most of the functionality just at a better performance. Okay, so nice. there are things we do to try and offset that, but it's generally one of those things we don't advise just okay. because it's a 
your Power BI is not great. At, you know, it's, it's an aggregation tool. <laughs> when you when you want to aggregate tens of thousands of rows, it's not really aggregation at that point. Yeah. Okay. Or it is. It's just really poor performing aggregation. I understand. I understand. You know, I just I feel I feel really bad actually because you just jumped in to help me out, and I could have just given you like a really nice like softball question, but I went straight in there with a proper like. Explain this from your documentation. Sorry about that, mate. I like to think I'm enough of a nerd about the whole thing to be able to answer those <laughs> questions. It's just whether the people hearing the answers are interested in that kind of stuff. Well, if they're not, they're in the wrong place, let's face it, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, of course. Uh, awesome. uh, here's a, a question from Jeff I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up um, regarding the uh, the cross-filtering in Deneb. What is the basically What's the latest? Um, it's all documented on the site, but essentially, as long as so the easy thing to do is, as long as your data correlates one to one. So think about your data as a table. You know, visualize your data as a table visual first. Understand what the cross filtering is like with a table, and that's how you have to start thinking with Denim. So what we do is, if you keep your data at the same grain, plot a mark on the canvas. Denim assigns a state to that row. Mm -hmm internally that you don't have to worry about. This is the kind of stuff that if you write a custom visual yourself, you have to manage in your code. So we try to do that. So if you click on a mark, it toggles a state, and then you can use the Vega languages to inspect that state and then encode the mark to show whether it's selected or not, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. It's, it's quite hard to visualize in the current versions. And in 1.3, we're going to be putting in some extra stuff to help you with that. Uh, and I'm, I'm just about finishing off the, de the dev builds of 1.3. So I got up early to write the documentation. I'm still writing the documentation. I'll probably be on that for most of today and Monday, and then hopefully the alpha builds will be out so people can start kind of doing early access testing and playing with the new features, I'm hoping. Um, but they'll be, to, to, to sort of expand on that more, if you've used the Vega editor, Vega editor lets you inspect the data streams in, in, the, in, the, in the visual. So mm -hmm. we'll have that in there. So you'll be able to look at your visual data set plus yeah, all the extra cool. fields we add. Yeah for cross-highlighting and cross-filtering. So you mm. can actually see what their state is without doing debugging through tooltips and stuff, which is what you had to do previously. Mm. Um, but it is really, uh, if you want to understand cross-filtering, we, we've tried to make it as easy as we can. But the reality is, is that interactivity is, it's a great feature of Power BI, but it takes a lot of effort to develop. Yeah, yeah sure. So we're trying to bridge the gap much like we are with the, uh, you know, building the visuals. Um, you know, you, you have to understand a little bit more about how visuals go together. Interactivity's got the same cost, probably a little bit more. Mm. So, you know, cross highlighting is a good example where you're actually building two visuals in one because you have to write a visual for the original data points and one for the highlighted data points. Mm. And then you have to think, what should that look like for my readers? So mm. there's lots of stuff you got to think about with cross filtering, not just whether it's on or off, but how do I show my, my readers that that, that point is selected? Yeah. Wow. Also, I should also say now that you've gotten up to do the documentation and now I'm distracting you, taking away from documentation from, from I'm, I'm so conflicted right now, you know, I wasn't putting a lot of effort in because I was watching this at the same time. So you probably don't want documentation that's written with half my attention span. <laughs> that's but I'll get back on it after this. I have, I have a meeting with a client after this and then I'll be back on the documentation. That sounds like the normal standard of my documentation to be to be quite honest. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, Glenn was uh, there last night. I was doing a, a dinner presentation for the Newcastle user group, and so there you go. Glenn's getting two nights of dinner. Wow, dinner. That's awesome. 
I spoke to my one of my colleagues today, and she told me that she used a Deneb visualization for the first time yesterday. So I was very happy. My persistence. It's so exciting to just hear that more than me, you know, people more than me are using it. Because yeah, I kind of build it to help me build visuals faster, and then Carrie kind of gave me a nudge and said, "I really like that." Uh, Carrie Colosco. Yeah. Um, yeah. She gave me a nudge and said, I would really like that, please. So that kind of spurred me on to build it a bit more. So I thought, well, at least I'll use it and Kerry will use it. And that's two people. So that's cool. And then it's it's gradually starting to gain some traction, which is really exciting. And I think it's a testament to the languages that the Vega teams have put together. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a fantastic work. It's, the whole open source stuff is, is amazing. Hey, look, I just want to say, I think Sandeep is there again. I want to try awesome. And bring him... I will yield the floor. And I'll see if you... If, if, if... If, you, if it works. There you go. Perfect. This is awesome. <laughs> You're back hey, again, mate. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Daniel. Lovely to, um, I mean, we've talked a lot sort of by the medium of messaging and various other things. Lovely to kind yeah. of say hi face-to-face -face, as it were. Yes. And while, while we have a few minutes here, I do want to say that anybody who's listening here, and if you are using Deneb, be sure to support uh, Daniel on GitHub uh, or buy him a coffee. Because we That's are standing, yeah, on the giant of uh, the shoulder, you know, the, the the shoulder of this giant, the other way. But um, we got it. We got it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So please do support him. He's doing an awesome work, and you know, it's really awesome that we have a community where we have people mm. who are open sourcing their work, spending so much time yeah. and effort to building tools, which is awesome. It's it's for me one of the most amazing it's, things is the fact that it's it is free to use and it's free to distribute across all of your reports and that that is a huge aspect of it that it's not just that you can play with it and learn it and then you know but you can then roll that out across reports through entire, entire organizations and um that to me is massive because i would i would never have thought that was that was going to be the case so um yeah i don't want to i don't I'm, make daniel blush but it is huge Say it again, mate. I, I, i'm not an entrepreneur i'm a developer so <laughs> i <laughs> I just like making stuff happen. Um, I can't think about how it's going to earn me any money or anything. That's just crazy. But no, it, it greatly reduces the time for me to build visuals, and that's a great time saver in itself. Yeah, yeah. It 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 made me tempted to look at learning um, Python and R, and I was like, okay, well, because you know I I've mentioned before many times I have no coding background really, and I've kind of come into it, and everything I do is self taught. And so okay, so I can see connections here of how I could de develop, take, take this knowledge. So I had to start and had a look at it. And I was like, no, 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 I can't do it. It's too much. I, I, I can't. It's... So I'll, I'll, I'll stick to one. I'll, I'll stick with Vega Lite. And then when I get better, I can maybe try Vega. But that's probably as far as I'm going to develop with this. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Sure. Yeah. Um, for for my, you know, in, in my work, so I, I used, used to use Denim for my personal projects and stuff like that. But then when it got certified, <clears throat> uh, then, you know, it started actually putting it into production and then using mm. it in production and using across organizations and everything. Um, so that was a huge step, uh, I think, in the right direction for, uh, for them. So. Very nice. Yeah, that was a big thing. Certification was hugely important to try and achieve because, yeah, a lot of people I work with just, yeah, it's got to be certified. But at the yeah. same time, I kind of love the idea of just just having a container that you could basically run any visual in that's mm. that's certified. And Charticulate is now like that as well, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Have you looked True. at Sandance? Did you see Sandance? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that's pretty cool as well. 
Yeah. That's built with Vega. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Already. Right yeah. Yeah. I, just, I think and, I've tried uh, I tried a bit of Chanticulator. I've tried Sundance a lot. Did I try Sundance? I remember. I think I, think I have, but I'm not sure. It's um, beyond. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I'm not one saying I'll, I'll stick to my limitations. I always like to try and push and learn a bit more, but I think maybe I'm not ready right now. Maybe I'm, I'll stick with enhancing my knowledge in this area, but at some point, perhaps, but right now, it's, uh, we'll yeah. Yeah, Sundance is a great sort of exploratory interface. They, they do a really good job of just allowing you to explore your data in this really nice way. It's not a great way to explain it, but it's a really nice way. You can just you just pull stuff around, shift it around, see how mm. it changes. And they did a really short video. I don't know if it was linked in the because they announced some changes coming in in summer. This well, mm. Northern Hemisphere summer, um, and they did a very short video that just showed some analysis. It was quite smart how they were just moving stuff around so easily, mm. and and it's basically just a really nice way of driving driving Vega um, for that particular scenario. It's really nice. Very cool. Very nice. Uh, Daniel, do you want to stay on or do you want to hop off? It's, it, it, it's your call, mate. <laughs> I would love to stay, but I think we'll let Sandeep come back. And I have, as I say, I have to get ready for a meeting and I have to get working on getting the latest den about as well. So nice. thank you so much. For thank you, you so much. I really appreciate you. Let me uh, use you as my, as my backup. It's uh, <laughs> very kind of you, mate. Um, if I'm awake, I'm happy. Well, awake <laughs> and suitable for camera. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get your mobile number so if you're not there I can just call you one day set you alarm like, wake up wake up I need your help oh, lovely. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. So much. take care bye-bye hey there we're going to stand deep hey. <laughs> yeah so lost electricity I don't know that happened once in a year and it was today <laughs> We, I think the first time it happened, it was me. The second time it happened, it was Megan. The third time it happened, it was, it's, when you have a live thing, I've, I've learned that these things just happen. So it's all good, mate. All, all good. Um, I forget what we're talking about when we stopped, but it doesn't matter. We wanted something else. I wanted to mention, because again, you mentioned that you have four patents. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting four. to me. Can you talk about that a little bit, or is it like some kind of non-disclosure? No, 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 not at all. So this was back when I was a researcher. Uh, so I was doing mostly computational modeling on uh, thermal analysis. So think of uh, the um, the LED bulbs that you use in your house or outside, mm -hmm. uh, and these light these LEDs they produce a lot of heat, um, okay. and you have to have some sort of a thermal management. Uh, to dissipate that heat and my job was to uh, to do research and uh, design the heat sinks behind those um, okay. so a mechanical engineer would create the heat sink but it was my job to run the analysis on it to figure out if it has the right amount of shape to it uh, material uh, and um, all the kind of stuff Mm -hmm. So the, the patterns are related to thermal management of uh, the LEDs. Um, so how to make them more efficient and lightweight and things like that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love how broad your range is. It's like, you know, <laughs> Deneb, Power Query. Oh, yeah, I've also got like four patents a lot related <laughs> to light bulbs and heat management. This is fantastic. I mean, it really, really is. It's quite... Are you ever tempted to kind of... Go back to your original area, or are you for now? I still get get contacted by recruiters and companies about that, and in, in fact, there was a point where um, 
I almost got a job offer from one of the biggest companies on earth of um, something monetarily, it would have tripled my salary as well. Uh, okay. But uh, I was like, okay, now I think data, data and data analysis is something I'm, I think I'm really good at because the problem with the, the research part and the mechanical engineering was I was good at it. Mm. Um, but I, it wasn't so much that, uh, you know, there was, I didn't feel the connection. Uh, uh, data analysis, I think you know, it's something I can live, breathe. I can think about it. Mm. I think I'm good at it. So mm. it makes a whole lot of sense. So mm, there's nice. no point going back now. I'm far into the weeds. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you like what you're doing, you're good at what you're doing. Um, yeah. It's a nice thing to enjoy your job. Absolutely. And the thing is data is really really cool <laughs> it's such an interesting thing that you can i mean i'm not sure how many people feel this way maybe i'm just like you have to be a special sort of nerd um but to, to get a a data set and to have to do things to it and explore it and, and learn to understand it it's just very very good fun you know um and i would if i didn't have that i would definitely miss it this is even I, my the first time i looked at I mean, of course, you can argue everything essentially is data. But looking at data sets and um, when I was a student, I worked in like a like a, a betting shop, you know, like in like new bookies. And of course, there's a lot of statistics and a lot of um, numbers and a lot of, you know, percentages. And also even small stuff like um, the, 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 the monthly balance sheets, which I know it yeah. sounds it's really, really low tech. Um, yeah. In fact, it was back then. It was very low tech. It was literally. Um, you remember that that carbon copy paper? You write on one yeah. and it goes through. Sure. Yeah, it was literally like that. But it just, I used to love when I when I got to do the paperwork and make all the numbers out of it. it was it was a fantastic thing. So I think sometimes you just have um, a connection with something. And for me, it's just data. So I can fully understand what you're saying. That it's the role. That you know, and one interesting thing that I found with with data was when I was a mechanical engineer doing all these research work, I was very focused uh, on one aspect of the business. Um, I, I'm i a good collaborator. <clears throat> and when I went to school for uh, engineering management, one of the things that I really loved, one of the classes I took was about innovation and how um, collaboration drives innovation. Um, and data is one of those things that really can do that because when you are a data person, you are working with marketing folks, sales folks, you're working with, you know, operations, uh, you know, production and a lot of different people yeah. who, if you think about it as a network in your company, mm -hmm. you are one of those people who are at, I wouldn't say necessarily the center of it but you are one of the focal points of how all these folks are connected to each other and you as a person who has that vision or uh, you know into how all these people use data the business decisions that they make um, you can connect all of them together via data hmm. uh, hmm. you know if you're doing this the sales are down because i see in my data um, because i've worked with production because they are facing a lot of warranty issues and they no, don't these two folks they don't necessarily talk to each other or they're aware of the issues but you as somebody who is 
uh, like that point in between all, all of this network that connects them, you can use your position um, to connect those points and then innovate. And innovate in a sense that not necessarily create patterns and things like that, but innovate in the sense that um, improve the business process, yeah. um, make incremental changes. So even when I'm working on data analytics, I think the biggest, the coolest thing for me is I always say that I'm a very process focused data analytics person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a, a data analytics project is successful when you are able to drive business process changes in your company. If there is no process change in your company, I don't think it has gone far enough uh, to do anything. Um, yeah, you know, have, it's cool to say that, you know, uh, sales is this much, but mm. if somebody looks at it and doesn't do anything about the number has gone up or down, yeah. you know, did it matter what you did? It, it's not helpful. And that was one of the coolest thing uh, about working with data that I got work with folks with different um, parts of the business, helping them understand what it is really showing. Mm. Um, and the projects that where I have been helpful are the ones where the report is not necessarily the coolest or the sleekest looking, but the ones where I have, um, have had people talk to each other and then drive that discussion in the organization. Hey, is this right? Is this wrong? And you know, things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good point. I can certainly identify with that last point because I, I, I have created reports that I personally from a design perspective, hate them yeah. to the extent that it frustrates me when people contact me and say, oh yeah, I love this report. And I'm like, you shouldn't because <laughs> like, I get it. The data is vitally important and they use it on a daily basis and um, it's really helping them. But for me to open and look at it is just no fun but as you say that's not uh, it's it's a, it's a small part of, of of what we do but because i enjoy that last step and because you know it's also it's it's a step you got to be careful with as well because if you enjoy too much you can spend far too long on it like making these oh. final tweaks and you know make it perfect because you know that, the, that perfection doesn't exist of course you know um but yes it's, it's, it's i think with the thing with the business intelligence, I think, is the business, the actual business intelligence part actually happens before you start yeah. on the project and after you have finished the project. That's, you know, and a lot of folks uh, don't think about that, spend yeah. way too much time on creating the report. Mm. But, you know, uh, but the, the real thing is, yeah, before and after, not during when you're really uh, doing it. So it's, you know, it's, it's just fun. Yeah, it's a good point. Never thought about it like quite, quite in that way, but it's, it's a very good point. Um, even though that you were gone for 10 minutes, um, <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm going to have to start no, um, saying the goodbye. I would love to have you back on and we can sure. regain some of that time. I'll, as I said before, yeah. I'm going to make a list of everyone who lost time. Due <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should, we should have one session like that. Everybody yeah. was lost time. <laughs> exactly. We're going to have either everyone together or everyone gets like a, like a 10 minute slot just to, 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 to go, go through again, you know? Um, but it was an absolute pleasure. Really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to, Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, anytime it would be great. If everyone in the chat, and of course, uh, on this occasion, especially Daniel, who stepped in there, thank you yes, very much for um, 
all the questions, all the comments that keep us going, really good fun. And um, obviously back next Thursday. So hope to see many of you there. Uh, Sandeep, one more time. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care and enjoy the rest of your day, no matter what time it may be. <laughs> Thank Goodbye, you. Everyone. Have a great weekend ahead.